Welcome back, everybody. We are now five episodes into the Bad Batch. Our boy Dave Filoni got a promotion over there at Lucasfilm, and Rangers of the New Republic may be in trouble. And there's also some good news. We may be getting more than one season of The Book of Boba Fett. All that and more here on Chatooine. Still the best intro in the game, with with the uh, the best host in the game as well. We got <laughs> we got our boys Palp Memes and Goldman in the house. Uh, sorry, we've been away for a little bit. Uh, we've we've all been living our lives, of course, and it seems like May was the month for everything to happen at once. Uh, Lunga's yeah. moving his kid into a new house. Uh, Goldman just graduated. Big congratulations to you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, Palp Memes, what's what's been going on with you? You got a billboard put up for. Uh, <laughs> I put up a billboard in Times Square. Yeah, that that was pretty big. Why not? And, um, I saw I saw that on Reddit. I saw it on Twitter a lot. Um, yeah, I think, I think I saw a few people talk about it on Instagram too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I know I know I know you never uh you never you never revealed the cost of it, but I mean. Did, was it? I mean, was that? Was no, it, it wasn't. Like, that you don't have to give me a ballpark. Yeah, but I mean, so you don't have to give me a ballpark. Yeah, range, I'll give like, you the exact. It was five hundred eighty-eight dollars and forty cents. That's not bad at all. Holy shit. People, yeah. people kept yeah. bringing up this number of 5K. Like, I had so many people saying, you could have helped so many homeless people with that 5K. I'm like, where are you getting this number from? Because it was not $5,000. But also, yeah. Why yeah. The f- I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, a sense, that's a weird sense of priority. It's like, hey, yeah. uh, you, you can't go to Wendy's tonight. Why? Well, yeah. because there's a yeah. homeless guy down the street yeah. who's not doing well. It's like, well, okay. I mean, I don't know what like, you I make 12 bucks an hour. That. I'm by law living in poverty. <laughs> I can, oh, I think I'm free to do what I want with my money. Like I'm not some yeah. people are calling me rich boy and stuff. I'm like, no, I, oh I make God. twelve bucks an hour. Please leave me alone. Okay, I'm living in this uh, little yeah. apartment. I, yeah. I said that. I said that in my last stream. I was like, if you guys want to check my bank account, I guarantee you, almost everyone yeah. in the stream, unless you're like a miner, probably has more money in your bank than yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, things have been rough. It's been COVID. You think us YouTubers are making bank? Out here, all my, all my money you know. goes into paying uh, Goldman and Lunga's <laughs> salary for this channel, and I don't even pay them. <laughs> exactly. Know, we're, we're negotiating for a studs race. Studs from Lego Star Wars. <laughs> go, go, go to a go to a union and uh, complain about Star Wars only yeah. or something. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, sorry we've been out for a while. But if you're new here, uh, here on Chatooine, we do talk about the news, topics, debates, and everything in the fandom we simply chat about star wars we're also on spotify and any place that you listen to podcasts so if you're a podcast listener and want to listen to us check us out there and if you're watching if you're watching the show watching this live leave a like leave a comment and if you leave a super chat your questions will be guaranteed an answer it will be the right answer every time as well we do not lie here on chats we may not get it wrong or actually no we may not get it right we, we always get it wrong, but we'll always always be truthful. You'll get the most honest answers here. But anyways, let's get into the uh, the fun news of the week. And I, I think the big one for a lot of Star Wars fans was our, our good good friend. I guess we could say friend of the show, even though he doesn't know any of us here. <laughs> uh, friend, friend of the show, Dave Filoni, moved up in rank over there at Lucasfilm. He is now, I think it was the executive creative director and a lot of people were kind of freaking out about this, thinking, okay, maybe he's replacing Kathleen Kennedy. And I think, I think we all know that's likely not the case. But I do want to get your guys' thoughts on this, because it seems to be something that happened a year ago, according to, I think, Variety. They came out and said that it's just something that is, I guess, official now, but they just updated on the website. So it was a bit of formality, but he's had this for a year. So uh, Goldman... Since since we're back, what do you make of Dave Filoni's uh, promotion? 
Can you just remind me what the exact title is of his new uh, position? Executive Creative Director, I yeah. think. Executive yeah. Creative Director. Okay. <laughs> it makes no um, sense. It's very weird. I mean, it's... I'm going to assume what his new job is, is that he has just input on all things Star Wars, um, whether it be all the shows. Hopefully it means all the books and comics, too, although he has a track record of ignoring the books and comics, which is <laughs> fine. Um, but good. I'm glad. I, it's, it, you know, my, my brain is so like wired now. Whenever I hear news, my first thought is, oh, is this good for Star Wars? It's not that. It's um, what's the fandom going to say? And mm. I, I just love seeing all the Kathleen Kennedy is gone, thank God, comments, because that's just not how it works. Um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I'm glad. I mean, Dave Filoni has produced almost very rarely has he produced poor Star Wars for me. Um, so if he's going to have his input in a lot of things, that's good. Um, I'm curious, though, if he's still going to be, like, the main producer on the Ahsoka series or if he's taking a step back and letting a lot of other people focus on it. I hope he's still the main guy for that, but uh, this doesn't seem to be that big of a news. It seems like with the start of The Mandalorian that that was the direction they were kind of pushing him in. I mean, Favreau is the creator of The Mandalorian, but Filoni had heavy heavy influence on it all. Um, So this is good news, nothing surprising, Uh, and yeah. What, what about you, Pal Memes? Do you think this is going to be uh, something big going forward? Do you think we're going to see him become executive producer on most Star Wars projects going forward? Yeah, for Disney Plus, 100% for the movies, I can't say for certain. Um, I want to say it's interesting because, Goldman, you brought up uh, Kathleen a little bit, <laughs> as did everyone else on the freaking internet. Um, it's interesting because as I look back and as, as I see Dave Filoni talk from years ago, Kathleen Kennedy is, has been pushing for this guy to be raised to this position since she got into Lucasfilm, and he's announced mm. that she is the one who pushed him to live action and stuff. And so it's very clear that's like, okay, so she's more than likely the one who gave this position to him. Um, but so that's why I just find it ironic this whole Kathleen Kennedy's being replaced, blah, blah, blah. Um, we all know about it, but I think it's good. I'm excited. I, I think it really has to do with all the spinoff shows, specifically the stuff that's connected to the Mandalorian, you know, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, uh, you could say Rangers of the New Republic, which we'll have to talk about at some point, but, um, I, it's hard to say whether he'll go up to, like, the producing role, you know, way, 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 way up there. I think it's definitely possible, though. I think it's how we, I think, I think this sort of era of Star Wars, you know, this Disney Plus era is going to be the test for Filoni, I guess, from Kathleen Kennedy's eyes and Disney's mm-hmm. eyes to see how he plays out with this. And if he perfects it, then yeah, they're going to level him up to the to the next big deal. Um, but I'm happy. I, I like Dave Filoni. Like Goldman said, I don't think there's anything he's made that's been genuinely bad. You know, I, I think he's he's definitely got lots of hits and, and definitely some misses and stuff. But overall, this guy gets Star Wars. He he is a Star Wars fan at first, and I think when making Star Wars, you need to have that person right there, the one who's just a Star Wars fan firsthand. Um, the, I do get worried, though. I will say I, I do have a huge, huge problem and huge worry that the future of Star Wars, at least for the next five, six, seven years, is going to be virtually nothing but fan service. That is something I have been worried about ever since season two, season two of The Mandalorian came out, which I liked. I really enjoyed it. It was really good. But then they announced all these shows and all this stuff, which, again, I'm super excited for. But it has me worried. It's like how much fan service is going to is gonna be thrown in here. Um, so that is, I guess, the only worry and concern I have is instead of doing a lot of new and stuff, they're just going to do some new but also throw in characters we all know and love and stuff just because it's what fans love, you know. So I'm very happy. I'm very excited. He very well deserves it. 
but I also have that bit of worry on the other end. So that's my thoughts. I feel like he, he may not be someone who would have to worry about having his hands in too many baskets. I, I think this is a good move just simply because Dave Filoni is a safe bet for Star Wars going forward. Mm-hmm. Is he going to give you the Mandalorian? Like if, if John Favreau was not making the Mandalorian, let's say Dave Filoni was a showrunner. Do I really think we would get the same quality? No, I honestly think it would be a lot different. I mean, no offense to Dave Filoni, his episode in season one, I think it was chapter five where they went back to Tatooine for the first time. It yeah. definitely was one of my least favorite episodes yeah, of the yeah. season. And even the Ahsoka Tano episode, a lot of people liked it, but there was also a lot of people who were, uh, I, I don't know, I would call them media access and critics who were like, I didn't really like the way the style of that directing and a lot of the shots and the editing of that episode. So people still have complaints about Dave Filoni. And even when it comes to some canon stuff, I think there's some complaints, but he seems to be a safe choice for the fandom. It seems like a good thing for the fandom yeah. to have him continually in, involved in future stuff. I don't know how actively I want him involved in everything. I don't know if I want him to be in charge of everything, like show running it, but him being an executive producer of a lot of stuff, it, it seems to be a positive thing. I, I don't think there's mm-hmm. a lot of negative uh, views towards Dave Filoni at the moment. And I, I think you made it, you made a good point about, him kind of being uh, part of this new era of Star Wars. It feels like we're going to have this short-term era of nothing but Disney Plus shows, whether it be the Book of Boba Fett, the Mandalorian seasons uh, two and three, and then we have, uh, what's the other, Rangers of the New Republic and the Ahsoka Tano series. Uh, Goldman, do you think this is going to affect anything with that, the, the Ahsoka Tano series? Like, do you think giving Dave this kind of extra creative head will we'll give him more power over there at Lucasfilm to be like, maybe I want to do multiple seasons or maybe I want to do a movie about Ahsoka. Did, did that give him more leeway? Um, I, I don't think so. It seems like what they're doing right now is with this like Mandalorian era, they're trying to build to something and you know, they have these three shows or four shows, Mandalorian, Boba Fett, Ahsoka, and potentially Rangers. They're going to build to something. And I believe that's what they said they were trying to do. So I think it would be weird if they just made an Ahsoka movie out of the blue that wasn't the main like culmination of this Mandalorian storyline. Um, so no, I don't think it'll lead to any movies or that. Could it lead to him having more influence? Maybe. I think it depends, though, on the success of the uh, Ahsoka show. Because as great as the Mandalorian is, John Favreau was still the showrunner behind it. And we've seen um, a lot of success from The Clone Wars. That's Dave Filoni. But can he produce quality episodes if he's the showrunner of his own live action show? And I believe he's going to be the showrunner of the Soka show, so we'll have to wait and mm-hmm. see. Um, but I think they're taking baby steps into giving Filoni more freedom. I mean, after, once Disney bought Lucasfilm, the first thing they did was give him Rebels. That turned out to be mostly a success. Um, then they, throughout that time, they had him go visit the sets of the movies, have him learn from all the directors. And then he has a good relationship with Favreau, so he worked a lot on that. They tested him with li- directing live action for a few episodes. And now they're giving him his own show. And if the Ahsoka show does great, then maybe he'll get his own movie down the line. Um, but I don't think it will make any drastic differences to the future of the franchise. I feel like you, you make a good point with him getting his own movie. And um, album memes, you were talking about Kathleen Kennedy kind of being the one to promote him and everything. She talked about it, I think, a year or two ago. There was a report from either the Hollywood Reporter or Variety that was saying that uh, Kathleen Kennedy's plan for the future of Star Wars involves three people, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Michelle Rajwan. And if you don't know who Michelle Rajwan is, she's the vice president of live action development over there at Lucasfilm, mostly dealing with pretty much all the movies in mm-hmm. a very significant way. And 
likely a lot of the live action shows now, but I don't think she's that involved with those. So I think that when you look at Dave Filoni's position right now, you look at it like at John Knoll, who is also a, a creative executive director, and um, what's the other guy, Doug Chang, the guy yes. who's always involved yeah. with the art. So both of those guys are at the same level, and I, I think it's kind of impressive that Dave reached that a little faster than they did. But also, John Knoll's uh, one of the story writers for Rogue One, I believe. I think he pitched that idea or story. Mm-hmm. He's the one who was like, hey, that would be really cool. So I think... Well, you were saying, Goldman, now that he's at that level, I think I think he can kind of pitch a movie idea to Lucasfilm. And with his experience from The Mandalorian and likely his experience being a showrunner with Ahsoka, yeah, that would probably have his uh, resume built up a lot more. And I think that dude made a movie. It's going to be really hard for a lot of diehard Star Wars fans, mainly those who want him to become Lucasfilm president, to say they wouldn't be excited about that. I feel like that would not break the fandom, but, I mean, if his movie sucked, what, what do you yeah. say then, you know? Another thing I just want to say about Dave Filoni is I don't I hope he doesn't have his hands involved with everything. And that's not because of his uh, talent. I think he's done a great job. I just think the beauty of the Star Wars franchise is that you can tell many different stories over a vast timeline. Now, something with like all the Mandalorian era shows and yeah, he should be somewhat involved because they're connected and they're trying to lead up to something. But say something like the Acolyte or the Obi-Wan show. They're not really going to tie in with the Mandalorians. I don't think Flo needs to be involved. And if you have other people that are the main showrunners for that, uh, then it's going to have a different feel to it. And I think if all the Star Wars projects have the same feel, then the franchise could be can become stale. Um, so I want all these different shows to feel different from each other, except for the ones that are supposed to be connected. Like, as much as I'm dreading the show, I want the Lando show to feel very different than something we've seen before. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing with the Acolyte. And I don't really remember all the shows off the top of my head, um, besides the Mandalorian era ones. But yeah, I, I want the shows to feel different. So I, I don't want the same people to be in charge of all the projects. Well, speak, speaking of feeling different, did you guys hear about Zack Snyder? <laughs> Apparently, yeah. like, he, he not only pitched a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. like, they, they were talking about it, and this was with George Lucas, and then even after Lucasfilm was sold, Palp memes, what do you think about, just just a quick side note, what do you guys yeah. think about Zack Snyder directing a freaking Man, Star Wars um, movie? That, that's, that's wow. Is that, it's funny, because my dad and my brother, they love, they're a Snyder fan, like, they love Snyder and stuff, and I just... I think he he's good at what he does with like 300 and stuff, which are kind of those manly films, you know, real big and epic. Um, I watched obviously the Justice League cut and I liked it um, far better than the original cut. <laughs> we can all agree on that. But mm. still, Zack Snyder making a Star Wars film, maybe Old Republic, but then it's like, okay, this guy does so much wacky things that you're just gonna piss off all the Old Republic fans. I, I don't, I just don't see where he'd fit in. I guess I should say. I don't know if that would be – I don't know. I don't think he'd fit in well with really anything. Um, the closest I would say is Old Republic, but then Old Republic fans are so freaking diehard with that that you change anything with their beloved characters, then you're doomed, all right? They're, they're going to – yeah. Um, and so I just don't know. I mean his idea was what, like Samurais and like a Samurai yeah, Jedi Yeah, uh, Kurosawa, the uh, Seven Samurai, the, the film that yeah. really inspired Star Wars. yeah. Which, like, yeah, I mean, that'd be interesting, but it's, like, I I don't know where that would fit in right now. Like, imagine if they just, like, they're, like, oh, by the way, we're doing this, you know? If, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't think he'd fit really well, and I could be wrong. Maybe he could get a episode or something for one of these shows and see how he goes from there. But, yeah, I don't see it happening. But 
Goldman, would you would you watch it? Did you see Army of the Dead recently, and, and that made you go, "I got to see a Zack Snyder Star Wars movie." <laughs> I, I have not seen Army of the Dead, although I do want to watch it. Um, but with, with uh, Zack Snyder, his filmography, it's there's a lot I like. There's a lot I dislike. I mean, for the DC movies, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Man of Steel. I really liked the Snyder cut, and I didn't like Batman v Superman. Um, but with that aside, I'm not sure if Zack Snyder would be a good fit for Star Wars. Just for one, I mean, Star Wars is a franchise that's for kids, and Zack Snyder just hasn't made movies that are directed towards a younger audience. Maybe he could, maybe he couldn't, I don't know. Um, but nothing with the Zack Snyder, and I think this is a big reason why a lot of people don't like his DC movies, is that it changes, it seemed like he changed his, inter- or he gave his interpretation on some of the characters from the DC movies, as opposed to what has been established before. Like he gave a much darker take on Superman with Man of Steel, which I liked, but supposedly Superman has always been a more... Uh, positive uh, and happy character and throughout the history of the DC comics. I could be very wrong, by the way. This is just what I think I've heard from a lot of people. Um, and with Star Wars, again, you're playing with an already established franchise. And do we want to get in the same trouble that a lot of people that we got in with the sequels? Again, I love them. Um, but a lot of people claim that they didn't honor what came before. Uh, and Zack Snyder would definitely toe that line. Um, so I'm not sure if Zack Snyder would be a good fit for Star Wars because of those reasons. Yeah. I mean, he did say he would fix it. He, he said, he said after the prequel trilogy, he looked at Star Wars and was like, I can fix that. Oh, Zack. <laughs> oh, that, that yeah. I'm that Zack. <laughs> uh, I, I may not be a prequel fan, but I took great offense to that. I was like, oh, oh fuck right. yourself. All I right, don't Mr. care. Snyder. You're going to fix something. Um, well, one thing that I think caught my attention this past weekend, you know, away from the Zack Snyder stuff, that was interesting, but not as interesting as what's going on with Rangers of the New Republic. In a recent article by Variety, they confirmed two things. And the first one was that Book of Boba is actually still filming. So that's about six months of filming for that show, yeah. which I, I think a lot of us, I had heard that it stopped filming in like early April. So that was yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. And then um, they did confirm that the Rangers of the New Republic series is no longer in uh, active development at Lucasfilm, and that left a lot of fans concerned that this will be another canceled Star Wars show. So, Palp memes, what do you think? Does this uh, news make you concerned for? No, 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 not not at all. Um, it's very clear from that wording; it's it's not in the works right now, which mm-hmm. makes sense because they're working on the Mandalorian season three and Book of Boba Fett right now, and and I believe the Ahsoka show is probably in pre production or whatever. Um, but what 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 year does Rangers come out? Do we know? Is it twenty twenty three? No announcement. No official. No dates yet. Yeah, I thought it was twenty twenty three. With, with, anyways, no. That this doesn't worry me at all. It's it's very clear that this is still a thing, an ongoing project. But it's they're not focused on it. It'd be like if they're asked about uh, Rogue Squadron. You know, obviously they're not working on Rogue Squadron right now. They already have the overall ideas for the film, but they're not they're not focused on it. They're focused on these three shows or whatever right now. So, no, I, I don't think it's in trouble at all. I know there's that whole conspiracy. I guess you'd call it. Um, sorry, my cords all messed up um there's all that kind of kind of conspiracy about how after gina gina Carano's firing and stuff the whole thing got thrown out um i don't think that's true gina is a character um who exists in the star wars universe she has she lived on alderaan Shh, that's about it <laughs> i mean i'm not i mean i'm not trying to be a hater or anything but it's like what I'm, what I'm trying to say is she's not like some she's not like obi-wan kenobi or something it's not like you're gonna have a kenobi show and then replace the entire show's plot line with Plo Koon, who survived Order 66, right? You just can't work that out. With with If Cara Dune was supposed to be the main lead, which I believe is pretty plausible for this rogue... Uh, I'm sorry, um, Rangers of the New Republic, sorry. Um, 
then I just you can very easily switch that out with literally any other ranger of the New Republic, and we wouldn't be losing a lot. So no, I don't think. I think it's still. I think it's just on hold for now until they figure out these current shows are coming coming up sooner. That's all. Uh, personally, I feel like this almost confirms that Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune, was going to be the lead of that show, just because everything kind of seemed. From what we heard from people like uh, Kessel Run Transmissions, they were saying there was going to be a, a lead series for Gina Carano's character, Cara Dune, mm-hmm. and Bo-Katan, and that they were going to do a series together. And then when this was having its little thing uh, a week or two ago, they kind of came out and were like, hey, we told you that there was going to be a series about her. And so it seems like this was going to this was going to be that series. And now that she is no longer going to be the lead character, they're going to have to rewrite a lot of the show story and the scripts, whatever they had. And I think that's why things are kind of maybe in limbo for that show. What do you think about that, Goldman? Do you think that like Cara Dune was going to be the lead of that series or is this something else? Like she was just going to show up and now they got to change it a little bit. I think it's evident that <clears throat> she was going to be the lead of the show. Um, and I actually slightly disagree with you, Papa Memes, on um, just being able to plug in a different character. Um, if It's kind of obvious that she was supposed to be the lead of the show. And right. it makes sense that they're kind of canceling it because with a character like Cara Dune, um, she was an already established character in another show, so you don't have to do as much legwork in terms of um, building a new character from a foundation. You can yeah. just plug her in. Some of her backstory is already there, and people are familiar with the character. And before season two and before she started expressing her politics, she was a mostly liked character. I mean, not everyone was in love with her acting, but a lot of people really enjoyed the character. So that's something you could use to say, oh, this is a show about Cara Dune, the character you love from The Mandalorian, come watch. Now, granted, after season two, when she was expressing her politics, then there, was, there, were, there were a lot of people that now really loved her, and then a lot of people that now really <laughs> yeah. hated her. Um, so, yeah, and it makes sense that with since she's not part of it anymore, um, they're going to either... They can, they can have the same concept with the show, but if they introduce a new character like Hera as the main character then you're going to have to devote a little bit more time into establishing the character, their backstory, their motivations, right. and all that. How does that tie in with the Mandalorian story? Um, and it's kind of like if... So I wouldn't be surprised if the show got canceled, but I don't think it's really going to affect the future of the Mandalorian era. It's like if you were doing the Marvel movies and you got rid of the Thor movies. Yeah, the Thor movies were kind of important. But I'm sure if they really wanted to, they could have maneuvered some of the other stories and still got to Infinity War and Endgame. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't make Thor movies without Thor, and I think you couldn't make these movies without uh, Cara Dune unless they just want to, do, unless they want to introduce a new character and say the Book of Boba Fett, and then make that character the lead of Rangers of the New Republic. Um, but no, I think the I think this shows that this show was going to be about Cara Dune, her meeting potentially new Rangers. Um, but we're not going to get that. Yeah. Um, I, l- I actually like your points. You brought up a really good point there with how do you tie this in with that whole Mandalorian sort of timeline era, whatever they're calling it. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and I think this could be why the show is on hold just a little bit. Potentially they're re-recording some stuff in the book of Boba Fett to add in this new character. That's going to be the new Rangers of the new Republic, whoever this is. Um, but this is Rangers of the new Republic, right? That's plural. Mm. Um, and so I've always had the interpretation that's going to be three or four people. Obviously, I don't, I don't know, but the interpretation that it's going to be multiple people. And so that's why I think when I said like, it's like not that important if it's Cara Dune or not, I understand the establishment. You have that foundation already there. Fans already loved her, and then some hate her, obviously. Now. 
Um, but I don't think it's like you're not losing a whole lot, right? If Pretty anything, it, if, if if anything, it can help with more potential. I've always. I mean, I like the idea of everything kind of being connected, but I, I want to see new characters. I want these new characters to show up and stuff. And so I'm perfectly fine, and I think most people would be totally okay if we do get, say, the first episode is just kind of them getting in the ball of a swing of things and stuff, where we do learn the the establishment, the foundation of in the past of this new ranger, the main character who supposedly will replace Cara Dune. Um, I think it'd be perfectly fine that way. Like I said, with the whole Kenobi show, it's not like you can take a Kenobi show with that and be like, no, we're going to make this about Plo Koon now. It's not even close to anything near the same, but with Cara Dune and stuff, she's got very, very little development, very little backstory um, that you could easily build up enough in five minutes with an episode of the new character's uh, show. So that's all I'm saying, but I like your point about that. That makes sense. How do you tie this into the whole Mandalorian era? So that's a good question. That's a good point, yeah. They, they talked uh, not too long ago about Harrison Dula being the character that would replace Cara Dune as the lead in Rangers of the New Republic. And I thought that was a good choice because she's not a new character. But when it comes to live action, it's almost like, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost like when you introduce a Star Wars character from animation into live action or vice versa. It's like a reintroduction. It's almost like a clean slate for them as a character because you're introducing into a brand new audience. So... I feel like if we have that with Harrison Dula and Rangers of the New Republic, a lot of people who maybe didn't watch Star Wars Rebels or I, I guess you can say play Squadrons yeah. and didn't keep up with that kind of part of the fandom will have this new character that they like. So I think it would kind of fill that part of the requirements for this series, having a new character, because even though she's been in two seasons of The Mandalorian, Cara Dune was still kind of a new character. And I, I think... I think she was semi-popular too, just because mm -hmm. she was part of the Mandalorian. But yeah, losing her, it's it, it's like Gina Carano picked the perfect time to be let go, honestly. Because if, like, let's say at the end of season two, there was something clearly, obviously, that's going to happen with her character going forward, where everyone's like, "We have to see what happens." Then that would have made sense. Yeah. Uh, but but now that they, I mean, honestly, like, what what was what was going to keep you interested in Gina Carano's character after season two of the Mandalorian? I don't feel like there's much. So that's why I feel like right. that means you make a good point of like, uh, maybe there's not much loss and may maybe there's some addition somewhere. Uh, the next topic I want to talk about is uh, the book of Boba Fett. A lot of people have been speculating that this is actually going to be multiple seasons. And the reason that speculation began is because uh, someone saw a patch from one of the crew on the Book of Boba, and it said, I can't remember the working title, I think it was Buccaneer, and it said Season 1 at the very bottom, and it had a picture of Grogu as well, which was kind of surprising. So what do you guys think? Actually, I'm going to give this to you, Goldman, just because I know how you feel about these spinoff shows <laughs> and Lando and Bad Batch. What do you think about Book of Boba getting multiple seasons? Is this is a result of them doubling down on the Book of Boba? Is this a result of Rangers of the New Republic? What, what, what's what's the meaning of this? What, what do you think about Book of Boba two seasons long? Mm, uh, I mean, I guess they're just really devoted to expanding this character. I mean, I don't blame them. It seems to be a safe bet. I mean, people, for whatever reason, love Boba Fett. His um, appearance... His appearance in the sixth episode of season two was really well beloved, um, and they want to give people more of that. I'm curious to see how they're gonna humanize Boba Fett a little more because if he's gonna be the main character of your show, you can't just have him be if, like a, just a, the bounty hunter we see. Like, we don't really know what Boba Fett's personality even is. Um, and I'm curious to see how they're gonna differentiate someone like him from 
uh, Mando. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious in the show. I mean, just because I'm not a big fan of the character doesn't mean I'm not interested. I just wish they didn't give Boba Fett a show because I'm just not interested in the character. And since the show is about a pre-existing character, my opinions on the character are going to carry over. Um, I hope I hope the show is great, um, but the fact that they're doing two seasons means I think my interpretation of it is that whatever Boba Fett's going to be doing is going to be very important to the storyline of this Mandalorian era. Because if they were going to just give him one season, I can see that as them just exploring the character, kind of like an Ant-Man movie. They're introducing the character. What really happens isn't that important. Um, and then he just shows up. But if they're giving him two seasons then him taking over, I guess, the underworld of Star Wars may matter more to what this big climactic event is going to be with the Mandalorian. Maybe he um, takes over, like, the Hut Syndicate or whatever, and then Mando needs their help, and, like, all these, like, bounty hunters come, and they take down the Empire or whatever. Um, so I guess my interpretation of it is that what's going to happen in this show is more important than what I initially thought. I, I agree with that assessment. I feel like uh, I feel I feel like Boba is going to be a like really important ally for Mando, just because if he's running the crime world, I mean he's going to have access to a lot of people, and he's in charge of the Hut family now, right? I mean I don't know how many Huts mm-hmm. there are left, but he took over Jabba's palace, so he's clearly going to be running things there. And I think I think with John Favreau and Dave Filoni, I kind of don't really know what to expect from this kind of series because. Mandalorian shocked me because it's like, okay, this is a brand new character, new story. This is a character we all kind of know and love. And I think a lot, if you guys don't remember, one of the big fears with the Mandalorian was like, okay, is this going to be like a book about or a, a show about this guy? Or is this going to be like a Boba Fett 2.0? And I think Din Djarin's very different from Boba. So yeah. I think now they have an opportunity to do Boba Fett <laughs> in a very, very good way. Um, well, what, do you, what do you think about this, Palp memes? What do you think about it getting multiple seasons? Do you think that means the story is going to be uh, a little bit more impactful overall yeah i think i think they had a huge i think when planning the first season i think they had a very big outline and i'm i'm guessing that as they are writing it and kind of creating they realized that they're i'm assuming throwing in so much stuff into this one season that they probably wanted to spread it out to am i super happy about that well i mean it's not like my most anticipated show obviously i'm actually i'm looking forward to it and stuff i'm curious to see how they tie it into everything but it goes back to that worry of I want I want new all right I want new I want new and I want risks to be taken stuff obviously within the story um, you know that one Boba Fett episode I can't remember which one it was they literally knocked Din Djarin out of the Mandalorian and had a whole twenty five minute episode of Boba Fett just kicking ass and punching people it was awesome it like got me pumped up it was fun but from a Star Wars story I'm like is that really what we want I mean it was a fun episode but I just worry I hope I hope and I'm hopeful that. Seasons one and apparently two of Boba Fett are very story driven and very character driven rather than how much cool action figure scenes can we make within this, <laughs> this season and stuff, which is fun and it has its moments. But um, I guess that's why I'm not super excited. And now that's probably going to be two seasons actually builds my hope, my excitement up a little bit more because that could very well mean that they are building a lot of story with this show. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with that. I wonder if like it's meant to surprise us because it... it... It's surprising everyone, even incredible scoopers who are saying that like uh, Book of Boba was filming like to this day. That's kind of like taking everyone uh, by surprise. So it's like 
are they filming? I highly doubt they're filming season two right now, but I mean, theoretically, why couldn't they? I guess, like, if they were yeah. like, hey, why don't we just surprise these people? We'll film both seasons back to back, release the first one, and be like, oh, by the way, the next one comes out in like six months. Uh, I mean, there's like, even the Ahsoka Tano series. I don't know if you guys knew, but like, that's also like ramping up production as we speak, which I didn't really cool. think get that show wow. for quite some time. So, yeah, we, we could be getting a lot of these things in a very mm-hmm. tight window that we didn't expect. And I think that's a good idea, but I don't know if they're filming season two right now, but I wonder why they're filming longer than what was expected yeah, for half a year. I mean, gee, they've been filming this thing since December, like, literally since the last season of the Mandalorian was happening, they've been filming mm-hmm. this project. So I, I think that's kind of a speaking volume on what we can expect from this Boba Fett series. I think it might be one that, uh, Fans like you boys sleep on. I know Goldman isn't a fan of him. I'm I'm kind of indifferent to Boba, but I, I'm I'm excited for just new live action. I I feel like Star yeah. Wars is in this weird state yeah. when live action mm-hmm. content is coming out, and it's kind of a I don't know. It's kind of sad, but mm-hmm. uh, you know what's something funny that uh I, I just realized was kind of ironic when the Mandalorian was first starting, we we're like, oh, I hope he isn't too much like Boba Fett. And now that the Boba Fett show is coming up, people are like, oh, I hope he's not too much like the Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I thought that was very ironic and it gave me a good laugh. How the, how the turntables. Exactly. Uh, do, you, do you think Book of Boba could be anywhere as remotely successful and popular as Mandalorian? I mean, because Boba Fett, I think everyone, even casual audiences, like know who this character is. They, they see him, they recognize him. They probably saw Din Djarin and was like, oh, is that Boba Fett? But with this guy getting his own show now, I think I think it has some mm. some, potential, some potential to be like very well renowned, kind of kind of akin to this uh, the original trilogy, that feel of just kind of that greenness of the Star Wars universe. Um, I'm gonna say no for two reasons. One, I think the for one, it's not gonna have Grogu, and Grogu is just so immensely popular yeah. that the Mandalorian I feel like will always be more popular than any of the other shows during its era. And two. The book of Boba Fett is more of a, to me at least, like a Mandalorian spinoff since he was reintroduced during the Mandalorian and we got the seeds of what his show is going to be about in the Mandalorian, that the book of Boba Fett is a spinoff. And how often is a spinoff more popular than the main thing? I could be very wrong. The this show could eclipse the Mandalorian, but the Mandalorian is very popular. Um, so I don't think it, it will happen. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's it is it is Boba. It's Mayor Morrison's old. Apparently, he's working a lot this year because of the Kenobi series, the uh, Book of Boba, Mando season three. I think that's being filmed right now. So we'll we'll hopefully be getting a lot of live action very soon. And if Book of Boba comes out in December of this year, do you think it would run into twenty twenty two a little bit, and then we could get season two, probably like in twenty twenty three, like have it back to back like that? I can see it. I could see it, especially since I'm, I'm actually curious what Boba Fett's involvement in The Mandalorian Season 3 would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't show up and then they do a Season 4 and then he shows up later on. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think would... if I mean, this is going to come out in December, so if we're assuming that it's going to be another eight episodes that'll end in January, I don't think we would get a season two of the show starting in 2022. So it'd probably be sometime in 2023. Uh, what do you, what do you guys think about uh, the Mandalorian? Like, you know, he meets Thrawn or whatever, like, let's say this is two or three seasons or we're ending this thing with like a big grand finale. 
And since the Mandalorian has basically been cameo city at the end of the series, we have like an Avengers in game kind of like reunion. And, uh, you hear fucking uh, Cara Dune's voice like, oh, no. don't worry, mm-hmm. dude, we got your back. And she Man, like Ma- flies in with Mando. <laughs> like, you'd, you'd have, you'd have okay. fans. See ya. Like, I'm out. Yeah, they'd, be, they'd be mad that Gina Carano came back, but they'd all like uh, fans who were happy. And then like all these Boba and Mayfield and all these fucking cameos just come out of portals <laughs> to help them chart out. Only like, if they're just- on Exegol or something. Like, Only if they're trying to find Palpatine or something, then I'll be like, okay, cool, fine. <laughs> You're tying into the sequels. Holy cow. Yeah, no, like literally, it's like Rogue One, where it's just like Palpatine. No, I guess he wouldn't have really his force powers. Hmm. I guess his little Sith cultists, because they got lightsabers, he'd be like, go fight them. (laughs) They just got got obliterated. Oh man, I uh, yeah, I thought I thought the ending to season two was gonna be like that, which it kind of was, where they're getting the gang back together and like everyone would be there, like Ahsoka um, and everyone. But so we kind of got that. We got all those people, and then of course Luke freaking Skywalker. Um, I, I yeah, I can't see that happening. I don't know. <laughs> I, I better um, go on Exegol. I, I I think what they're trying to do with this is they're retelling the story of Heir to the Empire with just slightly different protagonists. Um, and that was a pretty big event in terms of the EU lore. Um, do I think it's going to be like a end game thing where a bunch of people show up at the end? <laughs> I don't think it'll be as like cheesy, but I could see something where it just like. The, I mean, all the storylines are going to come together. I mm-hmm. feel like that's a reasonable thing to expect. Um, I mean, if they don't do the Rangers of New Republic, Rangers, yes, if they don't do Rangers of New Republic, then it's just going to be, say, Mando and the Mandalorians, um, Boba Fett and some other bounty hunters, and then Ahsoka and Ezra. And then together, like those three groups will take on this Imperial Remnant. And maybe, I mean, they, you can't destroy it because, I mean, the First Order is a thing that's inevitable. So maybe like the Empire is going to launch a reattack like ten years after Return of the Jedi, and then these group of people stop it. Um, so then the Empire still kind of restart again, and then that's the First Order. It's a new order. It's a little. They call it the New Order, the First Order, the Final Order. It, it's well, yeah, because yeah, because that actually makes sense. Because not, maybe not to that extent, but you've got they say they very clearly say in in Mandalorian. Um, this is the new order. So they, they talk about the new order in some fashion, one of those imperial remnants, remnants or whatever. And then you obviously have Boba Fett saying the back, the 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 empire, the back. And then, um, so to me, it's always seemed like this. And John Favreau pointed this out before season one released that this is leading up to the events of the rise of the first order and stuff. And while it's been somewhat kind of subtle, especially in season one, but season two definitely pushed that a lot more with the whole Snoke yeah. clones, mm-hmm. the the empire, they're back, and then the the start of the new order and whatnot. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping they continue that train because that for me, honestly, besides Grogu is my favorite part of the Mandalorian is seeing this post empire pre first order kind of thing being slowly built up subtly. And so I really hope they go forward with that. And, um, I think that, I think that could work. Yeah. I got to throw a wrench in both of the, both of your, um, kind of assessments on where this is going forward, because I do think it's all going to lead to a very big event, but we talk about Thrawn, like, I, th- I think this is going to end up with Thrawn and the Chiss Ascendancy. I feel like that's a more unique route to go than just mm-hmm. fighting the Empire again. I would really hope that, like, when Ahsoka, like, I'm really interested in where Ezra and Thrawn have been this entire time. I did not like Rebels when it released. I'm going to start rewatching it with Miss um, Only and see how kind of we like it and how I like it the second time I've seen it. And I just remember thinking, like, at the end of Rebels, it did a very good job of making me go, where did Thrawn and Ezra go 
if it's in the unknown regions, does Thrawn reunite with the Chiss? Does the Chiss ascendancy uh, want to invade the Empire? And then Mando has to stop that. Or maybe the Chiss ascendancy comes out and says, hey, there's this uh, other species called the Grisk, or they're kind of like the Yuzhan Bong, I guess, where it's like, this is a bigger enemy than we are and the Empire, so we all have to work together to defeat it. That that would be a more unique route, in my opinion. But, I would agree. Uh, yeah. guy, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what Dave Filoni mm. and John Favreau have planned, but uh, I, I, what, what do you guys think about Thrawn being like the big event for that? Like, how how would he play in? I I I kind of I like it honestly, and I think something you can do. Um, and I was going to mention this, but he, I don't know how in in the episode with Ahsoka and the Mandalorian with Thrawn. Maybe I'm just stupid. Was it implied that he's still with the Empire because we didn't see Imperial soldiers there? He had his own like. I forgot what the logo was, and he has his own fleet of some kind. Maybe maybe Thrawn's just completely on his own, and then maybe he's doing something in the Unknown Regions with the Chiss and the uh, Grisks um, that were introduced in some of the Thrawn novels. And one thing they can do is, we, we know that this conflict, it's not going to involve the Republic on a large scale, because mm-hmm. it's been established in The Force Awakens in the sequel lore that the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens was an era of peace. So say they send all these, like the Mandalorians, the bounty hunters, and whatever Ahsoka's doing to the unknown regions, and there's a conflict there. What they could do is not ignore the events of the sequels, but the events of the sequels really only take place during one year. So you can have like the Empire and the First Order being involved, and the First Order invades the galaxy while uh, the Mandalorians and Thrawn are still doing other stuff in the unknown regions. And then... Maybe their conflict takes place and continues on after the events of the Rise of Skywalker if they wanted to go that far. I mean, at that point, our characters are kind of old. Um, yeah, Ezra is only Luke's age, so you could have an older Ezra if they wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they would go past the events of the sequels, but I think they're going to build a something that happens in the Unknown Regions. But I think a connection to the First Order is inevitable, especially since the First Order originated from the Unknown Regions as well. Um, and they weren't as discreet as um, the uh, Sith Eternal was. Um, but I, I, would, I would really be interested if they tied it into like the Grisks and they made them kind of like the Yuzong Vong, but they didn't invade the entire galaxy. They just prevented a galactic-wide invasion or something. I think that could be very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, would be, I would be happy if it didn't really involve the Empire as much as we initially thought. Yeah, it'd be different. And uh, I think... I think the problem with Dave Filoni is that normally when he's making something, you can always bet that there's going to be a callback to something. Yeah. Just you, you name it. He, he, he eats member berries like they're going out of style. And so I think inevitably we would have a callback to something. But uh, I also know what's his name. Timothy Zahn says he has no idea where like the shows are going. So mm-hmm. that makes me. I'm curious if they're going off the books or not with the Grisk because I I've read the la- uh, the second Thrawn book that's come out, uh, Greater Good, and it's my favorite Thrawn book out of the new canon. There's like five so far, and I genuinely think like uh, two out of those five really aren't that good, and the rest are pretty good. And so this one was really good, and it really set the stage for the Grisk to be a big deal in this third book, and it's going to be the final book of this trilogy. So after this, it's like I don't know if we're going to get another Thrawn book, and I also have no idea where this Thrawn story is going. So the fact that even Timothy Zahn doesn't know makes me feel like Dave and John have some really big plans for him, mainly Dave Definitely. Filoni. And uh, I, I wonder how much of an influence someone like John Favreau will have on that, but also someone like uh, George Lucas as well, if George Lucas had any notes for that. 
Um, uh, Fofo gave us a super chat. Thank you. He says, uh, when they eventually reveal a live-action Thrawn, it would be interesting to have a series based on the Chiss, maybe in the prequel era. Uh, what do you guys think about that? No. Well, for one, I would not like the idea of it being in the prequel era. I mean, that's basically what this new Thrawn trilogy is. They would just be retelling that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but a series involved... I would I would be in favor of a series that involved the Chiss, but I wouldn't want Thrawn to be the protagonist. Uh, I think he's just much more interesting as a villain. I mean, we're getting these books. I know the books aren't as important as the shows, but we're getting these books that really tell the story from Thrawn's perspective. And I think Thrawn is much more interesting when you have him as a villain, especially since he's such a smart person and he's really he's really different from a lot of the villains we've gotten before. I guess the closest person we could have to Thrawn that we've seen in live action would be someone like Tarkin, who's just really smart, isn't really a physical threat. Um, I would love to see more of a villain Thrawn than someone um, who's a protagonist. I mean, they, they could do something like he's an anti-hero, but even then, I, I would much prefer Thrawn being the villain. But maybe if they want to go a route where the Chiss are fighting the Grisks, then I guess he can't do that. I don't know. I don't know. Get back to me. I don't know. You go, Pop. <laughs> what do you think about yeah. You want uh, I'm not, I'm not like, live action Thrawn? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not for it. I'm not against it, if that makes sense. It's not something I'm super advocated for. Um, I, I agree with Goldman. I think it'd be really cool to see him almost like the Palpatine of the original trilogy, where he's very clearly there and in charge of everything, but he's not on screen a whole lot, right? The, the, that'd be basically Vader. And so maybe you can have um, that kind of descendant under him be the main villain protagonist whatever you want to call it of the show and be mainly focused about him but he is rolling under under thrawn and stuff so we do get a nice nice amount of thrawn who's leading everything but the show is about this new character and stuff i think that could work um but i'm not super into the whole thrawn plot lines and stuff i'm not like very into it or anything um so i don't really have an opinion on that if it's something new it's something new and i'd look forward to it basically is all i have to say about that you know one unique thing about the uh, Chiss Ascendancy that I didn't realize until I read the second book, and this is the fifth book that they've released out of the new canon. The Chiss do not use droids at all. There are no droids in like that hmm. unknown regions area. Hmm. Like I, I never noticed that until um, I think Timothy Zahn was doing like a live stream or something like that, and they were interviewing him about that stuff with his editor, and that's why he had mentioned he's like, yeah, there's no droids in that area of the world. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm like, that would be really cool to see, like, in a show or live action, like, just how that. I feel like droids are just such a natural part of Star Wars right now. Mm-hmm. And just in, since the beginning, like, imagining Star Wars without an ast- astromech droid is kind of weird. I mean, you have BB 8, you have BD 1 for Jedi Fallen Order. So I, I thought that was kind of, a, kind of unique, like, how Thrawn would react yeah. to seeing R2 D2. Or maybe he has, I just don't remember. <laughs> but uh, on to our very last topic. And. Topic that I, I think is going to be fun to have a conversation with Lunga uh, next week on, and that is the good old-fashioned Bad Batch series. Uh, I'm going to bring it up here in a second if you guys hear the the noise about it, or noise in it. I, I do apologize, but uh, Bad Batch, we are now, what, six episodes in? Five episodes, I think? I think it's five. five right? Yeah, five. Yeah, okay, so we're five episodes in. Uh, one of them was a 70-minute premiere. The rest of them, they seem to get shorter every episode that comes out. So now that it's been five episodes, I know, Palp Memes, you said you weren't caught up on this last one. So I'll give the first question to you, okay. Goldman. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you think about the series so far, the Bad Batch series? I'm a little disappointed. I think the show overall is kind of meh. 
But as the show's progressing, more and more, it seems like they're kind of copying the Mandalorian. I mean, they have, instead of having one bounty hunter, they have a bunch of clones who are all different from each other, but they're still not like the softest people. And then someone like Omega, who's kind of like the Grogu of this show, is humanizing the clones a little bit more. And now they're trying to keep Omega safe from bounty hunters who are trying to hunt down Omega just like Mando was keeping Grogu safe from bounty hunters that were trying to hunt him. Um, and then what's probably going to happen is that they're going to either, in some way, they're going to stop these bounty hunters or whatever from getting Omega, and Omega will be a member of the Bad Batch later on. Um, but I don't know. It's when, I, when, I, when this show was announced, the things I was the most interested in it exploring were the mentality of clones after Order 66, uh, and I wanted these Bad Batch to be a little bit more, I guess, haunted by the fact that all their brothers are basically gone and that they're after them. But that's clearly not the direction they're going in. Uh, and it seems like the Bad Batch, besides uh, Crosshair, they don't care that all the other clones are different, which kind of makes sense because they never had a great relationship with the, with the regs anyway. But it's not the aspect of the show I was interested in. So the fact that they're exploring something completely different, and not even really exploring a post post-Republic world. I mean, they bring up things like the chain code, which I thought was really interesting. But these past few episodes have just been the Mandalorian, where they're trying to escape certain bounty hunters or whatever. Um, so I've, I've been relatively disappointed overall. It doesn't mean the rest of the series can't be salvaged. I don't think it's like mm-hmm. a disaster or anything. Um, <laughs> I mean, is it fun to watch? Sure. I mean, I can wake up, watch 20 minutes of 20, 25 minutes of The Bad Batch, enjoy it, and then continue on with my day. But it's not something that like I'm anticipating every week like I was with The Mandalorian or even some of the Marvel shows or even The Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'd say overall I'm disappointed, but I don't think it's bad by any means. Uh, but before I go to you, Palp Memes, I, I want to give my, my quick like thought right. before I forget it. Um, honestly, The Bad Batch so far makes me remember Season 7 of The Clone Wars and, and in, in a bad way as well. Because I remember when Season 7 came out and we were all so excited for it. And... I, like honestly, those first eight episodes, the Bad Batch arc specifically, and then the what is it? It's Martez sisters, Martez right? Sisters. I yeah. I fell asleep to that, but I, <laughs> multiple times trying to get through it. So for me, like when I watch season seven of the Clone Wars, I'm like, wow, I was like kind of actually disappointed with that series. And then we get to well, not the series to that season. Then we get to the Clone Wars finale, and Siege of Mandalore is breathtakingly beautiful. I rewatched it um, a month ago with Miss Only, and we both absolutely loved it. And it just it ages really well. But for me, I'm looking at the Bad Batch, and it's kind of like the same feeling. Like, the premiere was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. And I feel like the ending of this season is going to be really good because there's going to be a season two next year as well. But, it yeah, it drags. It, it's one of, it's the same thing for me with the Clone Wars where I feel like, you know, I, I could fall asleep. I could miss a few episodes, come back in a month, catch up, and be like, oh, okay. You know, it, it doesn't... Um, it does feel dry, but uh, what do you what do you think about memes? Yeah, I'm glad I'm on the same page. Which um, I wasn't excited for the show in the first place, and I hate saying that because that sounds so pessimistic. But and I was always saying like, this show's not really for me and what I look for in Star Wars, right? But that's okay. It doesn't have not every every single show in existence that's everything that Star Wars does doesn't always have to be exactly what I want. So I'm always fine with it. But honestly, yeah, it's. It's disappointing. It's not some, like I don't see anyone talking about it. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. I see those core fandom, you know, the core fandom on Twitter and whatnot, but there's no hype around it. 
Like, obviously, you're not going to reach Mandalorian levels of hype, but still, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. For me, as, like, as someone who's just a huge Star Wars fan, it's just, it's fine. Like, like Goldman said, you can watch it, but after I watch the episode, I'm not really left with anything to think about for the rest of the day. Like, like when I go see a Mandalorian episode or, or of course, one of the movies, um, it's just, it's a show that was very clearly here to kind of, kind of get things going until they get to that next phase of Star Wars, um, which is that whole live action Disney plus stuff. But it, the fact that I'm not, I'm not like even watching these episodes the second they come out, like I did with a Mandalorian and all the other things, it's just like, it's just, I don't know. It's just not super in- interesting. Mm. I think, I think the concept is cool, but I don't know. Star Wars animation hasn't always been my biggest thing. So I guess that's it. But yeah, I'm not really, uh, not the biggest fan of it. I don't think it's going to be remembered vastly by the fans 10 years from now after all these other shows come out i think it's definitely going to be on the bottom of the of most people's list of the the top disney plus uh star wars shows which you know will be a thing in five years so yeah i'm just kind of disappointed with it don't hate it it's not like it's bad or anything it's just not really for me essentially i, f- I feel like that's the sentiment for everybody at this point like if, well, what's his uh, what's his name of uh, freaking lungan lunga hates us so far <laughs> like I, s- I see his comments on uh, my instagram all the time where he's just like it's shit it's gotten worse it keeps getting worse <laughs> Longa. Damn. and i appreciate his honesty but like i really liked what he said when we did the stream on may the 4th when he said that i don't want to feel like star wars is on life support when the mandalorian isn't premiering and yes. i felt like that was very critical at the time and I, like when it comes to his complaints about the bad batch like i actually like omega a lot i think she's a I do too. fine yeah, character yeah, yeah I, I enjoy seeing her on screen and there's questions that the series make me ask like you know who is omega uh what why are they what's so special about her why are they hunting her down like what's going to happen with these guys in the bad batch there's of course wreckers little head thing that they keep kind of hinting at a little bit there's places that the story is going but it's almost like every single episode they spend 20 minutes to get through something that you're like, uh, like it, just to kind of slightly move the story along. But it, even then, it doesn't really move the story along that far because, like this last episode, it was about them, you know, saving a Rancor. But we learned a little bit more about Omega in a way, and, and Wrecker's head was messing with him a little bit more. So it's stuff like that where it's like, okay, this progressed the plot a little bit, but this is also stuff you could have added in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's why people. Like this, this kind of hit like nothing. Like when when this dropped, it was like a dud in the water where everybody was like, "Oh, okay." And that's where I agree with Longa that it feels like Star Wars is kind of at this really dry and stale state, even with a new show coming out. And it seems like we're all not even not even looking around waiting for a movie. We're just waiting for the Mandalorian, which is good because the Mandalorian is clearly doing great. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just for for a fandom that loves Dave Filoni so much. It seems like the past two times he's released uh, a show that he's in charge with, like in this one, he's the one of the executive producers. I don't think he's a supervising director, but he was in charge of a lot of the story. A lot of people are going to give him credit for the series. It just feels like the last two times he's had a series like this that he's run, whether it be Clone Wars Season 7 or Bad Batch Season 1, it just kind of feels let down. You know, like yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like we receive it that well, and it's odd because we all love Dave Filoni so much. So, uh, do, do you think this is a Dave Filoni thing, or is it just a circumstantial thing? One thing I've tend to notice about Dave Filoni, or if you look at all the new Star Wars shows, they've all had Dave Filoni involved in some way. What I've noticed, and it's a pattern that all of them have, 
maybe Clone Wars because it's just not the same, is that with these shows, they all have these big events that a lot of people really seem to enjoy. I mean, the Clone Wars, you have a few arcs every season that a lot of people love. With Rebels, a lot of people seem to love the season premieres, the season finales, and the episodes close to them, and a few episodes sprinkled in between. But I feel like Dave Filoni really struggles with keeping these other episodes, I don't want to say filler, but these other episodes interesting. This is something that The Mandalorian Season 1, I think, also struggled with, but I think Season 2 handled very well. In Season 1, you know, there was the episode with um, Gina Carano's introduction, and then there was the episode of them on Tatooine, um, and those just weren't that interesting to a lot of people. Now, there was the episode where we got Bill Burr and the other people invading the New Republic ship. I thought that was a really good episode that is kind of filler. Uh, season two did a really good job at that. But if you look at Rebels, Rebels really struggles with keeping people interested during all their episodes. Because Rebels has a lot of highs, but it gets really boring at times. And I'm not sure if either of you have ever watched Resistance. But Resistance has like four good episodes and the rest is just dangerously boring. Um, and then with the Clone Wars, like with season uh, seven, I mean, I'm a little, I, I like the Bad Batch arc. I think a lot more than someone like you, Star Wars only. Um, but a lot of people were kind of bored with that. I mean, the Martez sisters arc, almost everyone dislikes. Um, and then you got the Siege of Mandalore, which a lot of people love. But again, like, has Dave Filoni's work has some really high highs, but the rest of it at times can be very boring. And I think the Bad Batch is falling victim to that. Yeah. I completely agree. What do you think about memes? Yeah, I think I think it's very fair. I think the whole premise of the show is what kind of, I don't want to say tanked it because that sounds like I'm just calling it garbage, but kind of tanked it in the first place, you know. Um, people didn't really seem to care about the Bad Batch in the season seven, and now we're getting a whole show. Apparently we're getting two seasons. I haven't heard of this until a couple minutes ago when you guys brought it up. So we're getting two seasons of this show? Yeah, I mean, word on the street is, dude, season two is next year. Like, Ooh. like that's 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 where I'm kind of like, yeah, um, it's it's weird. We've we've talked about how like bright the future of Star Wars is, but sometimes I do get a little nervous of like, okay, you're committing to maybe two seasons of Book of Boba, now two seasons of this series, and I'm five episodes into this series, and I'm already kind of over I'm, it. I'm like, like I, feel, I I feel bad. Like, I'm I'm not saying like I'm forcing myself to enjoy this series. But, like, when I watch it, I'm like, dude, the animation is beautiful. There's a lot oh, of, like, yeah. actually good character moments. Like, I actually care about the Bad Batch characters, um, mainly when it comes to Hunter, Omega. Uh, Crosshair is kind of cool. I wish we could see a little bit more of him as well. But there's actually, like, genuine characters I like in the show. But it's it's almost like the plot of it. Yeah, like, the, the, plot the premise. That, like, the, yeah, the, 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 what they're it's... doing on every episode. It's like, uh, okay, like, I was okay with them going back to Cut's pl a planet and doing that. And then... Um, God, what was that episode after that one? I, I fucking forgot that. I don't, that's the thing, I just don't remember a whole lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you know why something like this is very forgettable, especially these past two episodes? is because, and this goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, is so, like, in the first episode, they establish what the, I guess, the plot is going to be. Like, in The Mandalorian, there's, you know, like, in the season two, it begins, Mando needs to get Grogu to a Jedi. And yeah. by episode eight, he does. But if you were to draw out the plot as like a timeline in terms of the progression that the characters make with season two, each episode of the Mandalorian, I think progresses towards that end goal. But if you look at something like the bad batch, right? You know, the first episode, they meet Omega and they're on their own, but then there's episodes like this, where it begins with Omega's being hunted by um, a bounty hunter and the bad batch needs to find out information. So during this episode, 
they find someone who has the information, but then they make them spend 20 minutes doing a job just to get that information. Mm-hmm. So yes, the episode begins, they don't have the information. The episode ends with them getting information, but in terms of progression of the story, so little has progressed in, ter- in 25 minutes. So not much is happening to progress the plot of the story. And I think that's why a lot of these episodes are considered filler because even though progression is made, almost none is made. And I think that's what the Bad Batch is really struggling with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you mean of like, it's it's like they make marginal progress of like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, we, we did meet someone who can give us yeah. information on who is hunting Omega, <laughs> like, but like, we have to spend 25 mm-hmm. minutes of going, <laughs> you remember the Clone Wars? Well, here's the slave from that. It's, you remember the Rancor? Well, here's the, uh, the little baby of it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like it's, the um. You remember all this? I remember all the season. Maybe it was season one, two, and these memes were relevant. I think it was just season two, though, when there was all those. Yes, I can show you the way to this person, but first I need your help. You know all those memes mm-hmm. that came out about that. It feels similar to that in the sense that yeah, they figured this out, but oh, they gotta go do this job or they gotta go do this and stuff. And it's, I don't know. I'm not excited. And that whole point with it being two seasons, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of disappointed by that. I just want a freaking Ray and Finn show. Lucasfilm is that so much to ask for? But no, it's like, and again, it's not. Not every Star Wars project needs to be for me. I'm not saying that, but um, I, I'm worried that we're gonna get another state of Star Wars in May of. Well, I guess with Star Wars Celebration, there'd be more stuff going on. But like of that sort of February on um, up until the next season of The Mandalorian comes out, where we're gonna get the Bad Batch season two, and that's gonna be it up until the December, where the next big show is gonna come out. I'm, I'm actually very, very worried that we're going to repeat this year again with when it comes to Star Wars content. So, um, Oh, don't, don't, don't can, put that out there. If you're, if you're telling me next year, when I get book of Boba, <laughs> Cassian Andor, uh, Mando season three, probably a second. That's a good point. There's a lot more coming Andy, out. Isn't so, there? Like, like if all yeah. those are going to be like side quests where every fucking episode, they're like, all right, you got to go to the planet. But first, you gotta get me this. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I am a little more optimistic about the live action stuff because maybe yeah. a lot of people would disagree with me, but I thought the Mandalorian season two did a very good job at not being boring. I think the only episode that I thought was really boring was the second one. Because yes. you look at the first the first episode of season two, we're introduced to Cobb Vanth and all these things. And yeah, again, it's another thing of you need this, but we need to do this. But I thought it was very entertaining. We got some inf- more information about things. The second episode was the boring one because, again, when, when you look at the progression, uh, Mando finds the frog lady, and then the episode ends with them still flying, and they just got stuck in between. So, again, it's like a loop. You're not really progressing. But the third episode, you know, you learn about uh, Bo-Katan. You learn more about what the Empire is up to. You learn more about um, Mando's culture, like his sect of the Mandalorians. Um, so that episode a lot progressed. And with the fourth episode, you know, we learned a lot more about what the Empire is up to with the cloning. You see that uh, Cara Dune's progressed. You see that Navarro has changed. So again, again, it's another thing. They, they made a lot of progress, but it was still kind of just as a side job. The fifth episode was the Ahsoka episode. Again, it's another example of them kind of Mando just doing his side mm-hmm. job. But you learn a lot more about Grogu. You learn his name. You learn uh, what his past is like and all that. The sixth episode was when he gets captured. Again, that's a huge episode in terms of a born Sunimi Boa Fett. The seventh episode, we learn a lot about Mando and how much he cares about Grogu because he takes off his mask and all that. And then the finale is the finale. So I thought I thought Mando season two did a great job at each episode progressing the story. And this is something the book of Boa Fett or the Bad Batch has not done. Yeah, yeah. It's just not it's not entertaining to me. There's fun moments, but you can only go so far with the whole show like that and yeah, there's gonna be two seasons of this. I I don't I I 
Is this like confirmed? Is this just speculation or rumors or where are we uh, I at would on say, that? I would say multiple confirmations among reliable scoopers. Uh, I would not say I, I don't think it's been officially confirmed by Lucasfilm, but it right. seems like it seems like everyone in the leak community and who gives out scoops and even like people who aren't even related to Star Wars media. There seems to be this mutual understanding that there will be a second season, and they have often talked about season two coming out next year. So, I, th- I think it's going to happen. I don't know how season one is going to end in a way that wants us to get a season two, but I also have a feeling this show is going to get. It's going to have some better highs. I mean, I think the series yeah. premiere was a really big moment, and uh, someone mentioned in the live chat like when that came out, there was a lot of hype around the show. Everybody was talking about yeah. the Bad Batch. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, I mean, I don't know. But one thing that I am curious about is um, visions. You guys remember visions? That's supposed to come out. Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't I'm, know what's happening. We haven't, we haven't heard about it. But I'm still very excited for that. I think the potential for that is through the roof, and people I are too, underestimating I, it. Dude, yeah. I don't know what's going on with Star Wars, but it feels like they have just lacked in the marketing department right now. I mean, you go to the Star Wars YouTube channel, and the comment section is just. Oh, you confirmed Gina Carano and all that stuff. Like it's just nonstop bullshit, and it's like, man, y'all could y'all could give us a trailer for Visions on May fourth. He didn't. Yeah, I, I still don't know. I don't even know when it's coming out. I thought it was supposed to come out this summer. I have no idea what's happening with that series. Thanks. I think yeah. maybe this fall. I want to. I want to. If you don't mind, I want to respond to a comment that Goldman you actually responded to uh, from Andre. Um, if you don't mind the whole Rise of Skywalker thing, um, because oh, I, I just, oh, I just, I know, I just, I just don't want to sound like a hypocrite. And I want to explain myself. The difference with what the Rise of Skywalker did and what the Bad Batch is doing is the Bad Batch is having these side quests that do not develop the characters in any way, shape, or form. Um, second of all, the the Rise of Skywalker, this whole artifact searching for the Wayfinder and all that—that's only in the first act of the movie. After that, it's just absolute nuts, and it's just going on. But even that first act, where they're searching for it. Is developing all of our characters, especially Ray and Kylo. It's just developing them completely, especially when they do reach the Wayfinder, which is that main thing they're getting. Who's right there, Kylo Ren? So I just want to go on with the without sounding like a hypocrite. Um, Rise of Skywalker does that quest very well, where they the places this artifact leads them to helps grow our characters, right? And so it's not like the Bad Batch, where they yeah I can get I can get you here, but first I need you to do this. It's like that doesn't that doesn't hold enough weight for me from a story standpoint. So I I just wanted to uh to clear myself out there so I don't sound like a hypocrite. <laughs> It's all right. I, I'm my own worst hypocrite on this fucking. I feel. Li- I could. I could. I could say one thing at the beginning of a live stream. At the end of it, say a completely different thing that contradicts it. Yeah. Are all Star Wars fans just hypocrites at the end of the day? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. In, in the end, we will be. I'm pretty sure. Uh, ho- hopefully, we'll be hypocrites about the Bad Batch um, and it getting well. I, ho- uh, I hope that these next few episodes are just godsend. Before before we wrapped up the, sh- the stream, this, this has been a good one, been a good show. Thank you guys for uh, tuning in. If you want to leave us a like, please do. But the last topic I do want to talk to you guys about, specifically you two sequel fans, is there's been some sequel talks this past month. Uh, I've got some info. Oh, you got some info. Okay, okay. Well, let me let me lay Very down let me lay down some context. So you can you can add the cherry on top to the Sunday. Uh, we've heard over the past month or so that first point is Daisy Ridley is in talks to return in Star Wars. So that that's you know that that might mm-hmm. be Palpatine's mm-hmm. direct influence. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A second thing is that you know this happened a year ago, but uh, John Boyega did say he would be willing to return to Star Wars, but it has to be involved with J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy. I know that a lot of people wouldn't want to hear that, but those are the two caveats to it. And uh, I think there was 
I think I think that's actually it. I, I thought there was a third point. So uh, go ahead and add that cherry on top for us, Palpa memes. So yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. I'm gonna start off with that. That it's not a scoop because this is actually a public comment that anyone can find. Um, but there's this guy. I'm not gonna say the name because I don't want to start anything. Uh, he's worked with Lucasfilm, right? He's actually worked with them and everything, like verified on Twitter and everything. He he actually responded to me. Um, I was asking about Rogue Squadron because he's very excited for it, and so am I. And I said, hey, is this after Rise of Skywalker? He said, from what he knows, it's set after Rise of Skywalker. And so I did all this other research and stuff. That's oh. right. Um, he, he very well said, uh, he said, yeah, from what I heard, again, it's not confirmed. Don't I'm not Mike Zero here, okay? I'm not, not some Doomcock dude. From what I hear, uh, and this is public stuff, that it is Rise, Rogue, after Rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, thank the freaking maker. But also... The Rogue Squadron logo is a T-85 X-Wing, or at least it's very it's very similar to one. And you can tell because of those exhaust ports. They're 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 an angled tri they're a, they're a cutoff circle, right? Whereas the T-65s are the, the Luke Skywalker X-Wings are all circular. So I'm like, hmm, and then of course Kathleen Kennedy said, um, this is gonna be the start of the new future era. Okay? And mm -hmm. so we take those and I'm like, okay, it's all lining up. So with this whole Daisy Ridley thing and whatnot. Um, she's been very confident in the past few months when she's done interviews, because, oh, of course she's asked, will she return? Um, that, yes, I'm, I, I probably will return to Star Wars sometime, some, sometime, and I want to. But she did say specifically, but I think there's other stories to be told first. And so my theory is that this Ray Finch or whatever is going to happen around 2025, 2027, after this kind of Disney Plus era goes away. Not goes away, but, you know, they, we get through the Mandalorian era. Um, but... With Kathleen Kennedy saying that this is the start of the new future era, and then three years ago, four years ago, I guess it'd be about three, four years ago, um, in like November, December of 2017, um, she confirmed that Lucasfilm is working on the next 10 years of Star Wars, and that includes stories with BB-8, Ray, Finn, and Poe. She could very, she said flat out that, and she said we're working on the next 10 years of Star Wars. Well, what are we? What was being currently being revealed to us? Each year, each investors meeting, each, each uh, you know celebration stuff. The next ten years of Star Wars, and so I'm just waiting for that moment. But yeah, man, yeah. You're, you're going you're going all out. I'm not going to say conspiracy theorist on me, but no, like, I know, I, that, I fully am. I am that, aware. That's literally me with the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie. Yes. I'm like, hey, if you listen to the Alan Horn interview, uh, he says that they're going to start a new era of Star Wars. I'm like, mm -hmm. I really think Kevin Feige is doing a higher public Star Wars movie. Like that's there. That, that that's that's pretty much where I'm at. Uh, so, so Goldman, what do you think about not only your girl Daisy Ridley returning as Ray, but John Boyega possibly coming back as Finn, and just continuing the story after the rise of Skywalker? I think all this recent information that's come out is mostly just people trying to make news and during a dry time yeah. for Star Wars. Mm -hmm. I mean, the John Boyega quote was from like a year ago, and that was him shortly after the rise of Skywalker. And since then, he said much more cynical things. Actually, this was after that interview. Which one? The the one where he said that um, Disney was being racist. That the whole whenever the, everything blew up, right? This was, was after, yeah. Um, think, that's what I heard. It was after May, so it was like it was think, shortly after. Because I don't think so. Yeah, because the question be itself wrong. was directly towards that. I have the full the full video. I'll send it to you guys. Um, yeah, he was specifically do. asked about his criticism. And he said, you know, every job has its ups and downs, just like this one. And so, yeah, he he was directly asked about that. So. Uh, it's it's and again, interesting that he mentions Kathleen Kennedy, that he's like, yeah. she has to be, her and J.J. Abrams have to be there for me to come back. When he also said that, yeah, well, yeah, well, the, the, fact that, the fact that he, yeah, I don't think J.J. could, oh, God, trying to get J.J. back would be fucking My man. Um, 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I I love the guy. I, but I remember in leading up to the rise of Skywalker saying like this guy's gonna fix it. Like he's got full creative control. Um, turns out he might not have had all the creative control. I thought he did, but mm-hmm. still, the fact that um, John Boyega said it's Kathleen Kennedy that has to be there as well is surprising because you would think that he would hold a little bit of resentment towards her for the way the sequels went out and yeah. maybe even J.J. Abrams, but he clearly doesn't. But also, Kathleen Kennedy is the one who's uh, called him, who called John Boyega mm-hmm. after that interview and was like, "Hey, let's you know, let's talk about it." So I think, I think most of this. I think most of the sequel cast are probably not fans of the Last Jedi. I think oh, Finn, I, agree. Yeah, I think sure. John Boyega would John Boyega would blame the downfall of his character to, on Ryan Johnson, which I disagree with. But um, that's I could easily see them blaming Ryan for that. Po, uh, Oscar Isaac liked the Last Jedi. I know that because he's he's talked about it in interviews. But yeah, I, Daisy, Daisy, I, and, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I'll just say I'll, I'll place a bet right now that Oscar Isaac never comes back. Oh, he really? signed yeah, with he no. signed with, with he signed with Disney again after after complaining about them. He's already signed he with them again. No, I don't no, know. I think I think I think the Lucasfilm. Hey, thing. they've got that money. Yeah, but, but no, uh, with Oscar Isaac's not in need for money right now. That's a good point. Yeah, he did say when he gets when he gets a house. Dude, but his like, boyfriend is Pedro Pascal. You think they need to fucking spend money? Yeah, they're, they're, they're making it. They're they're doing good. But no, with um, with John Boyega, I I think it makes complete sense. I think with the whole Kathleen Kennedy thing. That to me pointed in the direction that this was Disney's doing, which which pisses me off immensely. I hate when these corporations stick their little fingers in and to these creative choices and stuff like like Disney. Say the heck away from Star Wars, just fund it, and believe me, these creators will give you the money back immensely. And so it's just like that that year. If that's that's that if that's what he's talking about, where because like he's talked about how he does not like Disney and stuff. He's talked about Disney corporate were the ones to remove him from the poster and stuff, and so. With JJ, it kind of makes sense. Like, I know a lot of people don't, didn't like him in The Rise of Skywalker. I, I loved him in The Rise of Skywalker, but I was overall disappointed with him in the sequels because I did. It was very clear that they were setting him up to be a Jedi. And then, like Goldman said, they kind of changed that in a different direction or didn't go forward with it. So, The Rise of Skywalker, obviously, there was so much crap in that film that they didn't have enough time at all to put in, oh, he, Finn's a Jedi now, right? So, they very clearly just, JJ just set it up a little bit. So, I think. With the whole J.J. Abrams comment, it makes sense to me. J.J.'s the one that created this character. J.J. Abrams the one who chose John Boyega. He he saw him at, at some uh, oh some convention or someplace, and he obviously heard of him from other films and stuff. He's like, we're going to get you in Star Wars. So I think it makes sense that he's more loving towards J.J. just because he's the one who created the character in the first place and uh, gave him the amount of development and stuff and, and character arc that he did in, in The Force Awakens. So, But, but Papa Memes, J.J. said there was no plan. He said there was no <gasps> plan, Palp How Memes. will we recover? There was no plan. And he said it was going to be a good idea if we had a plan. Yeah. I can't I can't watch the sequels anymore. They're objectively bad now. T- but then George Lucas... Hold up, but George Lucas himself said, I never planned my trilogy, so... Is the original trilogy bad now? Uh, who's to say it was ever good? No, I'm playing. Yeah, <laughs> hold up. <laughs> what a twist. Uh, well, all right. So, so I guess I guess we're we're rating. Um, I want I want to I want to get your your both ratings on a uh, two things. Okay. One, the first one would be uh, how likely do you think the Bad Batch is going to get better on a scale of one to ten going forward? Like like your your optimism for that series, and then the other rating on a one to ten scale, ten being like. It's going to happen, one being it's never going to happen. Uh, how likely do you think we're going to see sequel cast members like John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Oscar Isaac return in future endeavors? So, uh, Palp Memes, give give me the, the one-two combo. 
So the first one, I'm not optimistic whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not excited for the show. I'm always going to watch it. I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I'm not excited. Um, it's just not going, not necessarily in the direction I don't want it to go. It's just like we talked about earlier, the overall foundation and premise of the show is not something that really intrigues me. So from the get-go, I'm already not super excited. And then the episodes aren't the greatest and most well-written and stuff, which they don't have to be. But again, it comes back to the whole idea of the show. I'm just not so like... The next few episodes, maybe they're better, and I hope they are, but I'm not too optimistic. But as for the second question, I'd get... A, can I do individual character, individual cast members? Oh, yeah, do whatever you want. I, I think with Oscar Isaac, it's a 7. Consider, and I'll get, I, I would give it a 6 oh, or 5. Wow. But no, 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 because okay. considering he's, he's... Considering... I know, maybe I'm hopeful. I'm kind of biased here, obviously. I love Poe. He's a freaking beast. But considering Oscar Isaac... Um, is signed again with Disney on another contract. I think I think it's very plausible that he very well could come back. But again, I, I'm okay. A six and a half. How about a six and a half? I think six and a half is a fair. Daisy Ridley, I give it a uh, eight and a half, nine. It's it, it seems to me that she is in talks with Lucasfilm about this kind of stuff. Considering um, right after the Rise of Skywalker came out, she was obviously asking. She's like, I, I think my story's wrapped up nicely. She obviously loved her ending and stuff. She's been very vocal about that. But she's like, no, I think I think they're done with race story. I think it's done. Um, whereas a few months ago, she's like, oh, I'll come back sometime. There's going to be something more for me. Um, there's just other stories that need to be told first. Uh, and with with John Boyega, I think I, I don't I'd honestly give it a higher ranking than than Daisy simply for the fact that I know and hear me out because I know to a lot of people that's shocking right now. What does Disney want? All Disney want is money. How does Disney make make money? Well, they need their fans to like their stuff they're making. Um, and what better way to help fix that relationship than give John Boyega a role in a forefront show or movie, most likely a show, alongside with Rey, where Finn does become this Jedi that everyone wanted him to see. He does have this green lightsaber. John Boyega does get the development that he wants. Um, and very clearly, like we talked about a second ago, John said he'd come back as long as the story's right, as long as it's with the old crew members, you know, Daisy, Kath, uh, he said he's a JJ, Kathy, and the, and the old crew, which means like Daisy and them. Um, so honestly, I give a higher chance with, with John Boyega, but with that, it brings Daisy's chance higher because Daisy's going to obviously love to work with this guy again. Um, so I think those two go hand to hand, but I, I think for Disney's sake and everyone's sake, the Star Wars fandom, it would be absolutely beautiful to see Finn get the character that he deserved to get from the first in the first place and i think they're gonna push for that because fans even fans who didn't like the sequels they would love to see finn get a true arc and a true um i don't know what, what he deserved i guess so yeah yeah finn's finn's like that uh that that mm -hmm. black friend you always have that you're like well see i'm not racist you see oh, i got gosh. finn over here that, that was jj <laughs> abram's token here not playing but i like ahsoka um, I just don't like every other woman. And I don't like what women no, 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 Star Wars. No. Okay, <laughs> but Ahsoka. So, so Goldman, you got to give I'm me sorry. your, your one-two combo now. All right, mm -hmm. what, what what is your likelihood that the Bad Batch series is going to get better? Your optimism about that, and what is your optimism about uh, these sequel trilogy characters returning? I would actually give my op my uh, my rating for the Bad Batch. I put it at like a seven. Only because I think Dave Filoni projects have a history of getting better as the seasons progress. Like, I thought season one of Clone Wars was pretty abysmal. I thought season one of Rebels was not that great. And I think each season gets mostly better. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Bad Batch did that. Maybe I'll give it a six. Not super optimistic. I don't <laughs> think it's going to reach the heights of Clone Wars or uh, Rebels. But I think it will get better, definitely. Okay. And when it comes to the sequel actors... For one, Adam Driver is like a negative thirty. I, I will. <laughs> oh God, I'll, yeah. I will, I will bet my net worth that he never comes back. Oh yeah, he's um, freaking dead. <laughs> um, Poe slash Oscar Isaac. I'd maybe give it like a two, 
I just don't think it's likely, but it's wow. not impossible. I'd put John Boyega at maybe like a four and a half or a five, and then I'd put Daisy Ridley at like a six to seven. I, I want them to come back. Lower. I'm, wow. Maybe yeah. I, maybe I'm just a pessimistic person, and I don't like getting my uh, I don't like getting excited and then getting getting disappointed. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm not as optimistic. Maybe maybe in the future but i don't think as near the future as you may think about the memes and again i i pray i am wrong 20 2027 has been my number for a while now 2027 okay. we'll see okay. these yeah, on, on the anniversary of the last jedi just just so god could you imagine those they fans the, being like, right there those fans being like oh 10 years ago ryan johnson ruined star you know Wars. what i'm not sure i've ever said this before i think i'd rather have ryan johnson's trilogy than the sequel cast continued I 110% agree with you, if I'm being honest. I mean, I, I don't, I don't oh, feel like I would like to thing. see what he does, yeah. 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 Oh, I, I, I don't I, even like the bastard, but I mean, I, I would <laughs> I'd like to see what he does. I, I, I'm actually more interested on who, what, like, what the story... You good? Mr. Only? <laughs> Cut off when there. When the trilogy takes place, and also that trilogy would be, because... Oh, sorry, um, Wi-Fi cut. He, uh, he said he's supposed to direct and write the very first episode of that trilogy, so I was hoping uh, what would happen with the second and third episode, like who would write and direct those. They're going to bring JJ back. I'd like to think they learned. That would be hilarious. Oh, my God. Oh, I'd yeah. love, I'd like, Kathleen Kennedy. And then Ryan came back like, and did the And it's complete 180 of what happened. Yeah, and like, yeah. like, he sets, like Ryan sets up all these characters and stuff, and JJ goes, nope. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, no, no. That'd be fun. I like JJ's directing style. I'm not the biggest fan of his writing, but I liked his premise for... Uh, Rise of Skywalker, um, but yeah, yeah. Hey, go on. That's all. That's a whole different topic. Yeah, yeah. We would be here yeah, about I'm the sequels gonna, all day, gonna, but uh, I'm not going to get in that. <laughs> that should be enough time for us all here on Chatsweet. Thank you all for joining us. This was a very, very good episode. Thank you, Palp Memes, for coming in. He is our uh, he is our go to guy if one of us is dead, like uh, we yeah. often are every other week. And uh, hopefully, when uh, Lunga gets back, we'll have all four of us reunited for a very special. Chatooine. But until next time, guys, make sure you leave a like. It helps out the show, helps out the channel. If you guys want to check us out on podcasts, please do. But also uh, check out Lunga, check out the Goldman, check out Palp Memes. All their descriptions or all their YouTube channels are in the description below. So thank you all for tuning in. Can't wait to see you all next time. But until then, may the force be with you always. Okay, we're going to